Welcome to the Bean Dad Show. I'm your host, Ben Welnick, and we have a sponsor for this third episode. This episode, sponsored by Christopher Bean Coffee. So listeners, you get 25% off. Head over to ChristopherBean.com. Use the code BISHOP25, that's capital B, lowercase I-S-H-O-P, 25, and you get 25% off your order. So head over to ChristopherBean.com, get your order in, get your Christmas presents, send them off, send them to you, get yourself some Christmas presents, whatever you do, head over there and get your 25% off. All right, jam-packed episode. Topic of this specific episode is going to be what you want to teach your kids. I give 10 things that I want to teach my kids. I have a two and a half year old boy and a little over one year old girl. And I'm going to give my 10 things. I'm splitting them up into two parts. Five are going to be bigger topic issues or bigger uh, issues. So like trait like things. So like independence, uh, that type of thing. Uh, five are going to be specific skills. So like uh, reading, writing or something like that. Uh, I want to hear, I have some received some emails from listeners already from in response to last episode sharing theirs. So I want to hear yours for next episode. I'm going to continue this theme and I'm going to ask all the future guests for a little while to share some things that they want to teach their kids. So definitely want you to keep sending in yours. You can send me an email, ben at mountainbikeradio.com. Just I'll, what I'm going to do is I'll share, you'll hear how I read the other emails, but I'll share your first name. I'd like to share where you're from too, because I really like to give all listeners an idea of kind of where all the other listeners are from, but share your first name, where you're from. And then I'll, I'll share kind of what I'll share your email and hopefully you share with us some specific items that you want to share, you know, teach your kids. Maybe it's a short term thing, a long term thing, bigger issue, smaller issue. It doesn't matter. It's just something that you want to teach your kids. Uh, it was inspired by my buddy Scott from Athlete on Fire. You can go to athleteonfire.com. But he sent me over, and I think I mentioned this on the last episode, but he sent over a clip that he put together sharing his 10 things that he wanted to teach his, his boys. And I will, which I will share later in this episode. So you'll get, uh, a recap of kind of what's going on as far as, uh, all listeners sharing their emails. I'm going to read some emails. I'm going to share my own things. I'm going to share the clip from Scott. And then we're going to wrap up the episode with uh, a woman on the show, actually. Uh, I said there'd never be a woman, never say never. Uh, Kelly from Apex Nutrition. If you're familiar with Mountain Bike Radio, you've heard of Kelly. We have recorded episodes of the Apex Nutrition podcast for, I think, going on about two years. And uh, we, she has four kids ranging in the ages, I think from seven down to, Oh, what's it? I, I forgot a year somewhere around there, but four young kids. She's done a lot of things. Uh, she has two successful businesses. She's a registered dietitian, uh, very experienced, very practical, very knowledgeable, and she has a good take on things. But I brought her on here because I want, first of all, I wanted her to, or I wanted to record an episode with her giving some advice to you on how to help your kids eat better. 
it started off as 10 ways to help your kids eat better and turned into more like 10 or 15 or more. Uh, if you know Kelly and if you know me and if you've listened to the Apex Nutrition Podcast, which you can find here on Mountain Bike Radio, um, you know that we talk <laughs> a lot and we get off track sometimes and we, we get along pretty well. So we, I, I think it's a pretty interesting conversation with some good tips from somebody that not only is a registered dietitian, but she's been through it for several years with several kids being at home and watching them and making sure that uh, they at least eat somewhat good. So I think that's a really interesting the conversation that we have. So that's, I think, roughly 30 minutes that you'll hear at the end of this episode. And right before we get into that conversation, I asked Kelly three things that she wanted to teach her kids. So you get a perspective of the, the woman's perspective of what she wants to teach her four kids. Um, I think you'll dig it. So hang in there, listen to the whole episode, skip over, do whatever you got to do. But just listen to that last half of the episode. I think you'll appreciate it. All right. You heard that little intro to this episode. And you're wondering what's going on. If you've listened to the show before, you're probably guessing, yeah, that's my son. His name is Clay. I think he speaks very well for a two and a half year old. He's speaking full sentences, sometimes small paragraphs. And it gets me to, you know, immediately, I think, you know, as a, as a guy, as a parent, I, my chest puffs out and, you know, just for a second, it's like, oh yeah, I did this and but then I have to step back and remind myself that really it's mostly him and that I'm just lucky that he's smart enough to pick up on all that stuff. If he wasn't smart enough to do that, I'd be spending a lot more time, a lot more effort, and it would be another year down the road before he could come up to me and say, Dad, I want some cheese. Can I sit on the couch next to you because I'm tired? That's pretty lucky to have somebody like that. So, you know, I, I got to thinking – that the other day when he kind of said that whole cheese thing that my first thought was, Oh, I, you know, the, the chest puffing thing, you know, like, Oh, I, you know, I taught him how to do that. And really you teach him basic, I, I'm, I'm learning as I go. And something like that is where you teach your kids and you guide them. But if he wasn't already a really smart little guy, it wouldn't really do much. Sometimes I think it's easy to fall in a trap with, constant media and you know there's other dad podcasts out there very good very cool um but i think it's really easy with magazines and news and all the constant stuff that we do now especially that seems like our generation is that we have like this hundred percent effect on our kids we take them to different groups and go to scheduled practices and scheduled activities and all these different things feeling like we're doing so much for kids when Really, that's not the case. I think it's, like I said, it's real easy to fall into that trap of thinking we have so much effect on them, but really we can only do so much to teach them the basics and kind of just let them, I guess, for us to get out of the way and let them do their thing. We're lucky, you know, that most times kids are really damn smart to begin with and they pick up on a lot of stuff. And I guess it's just a process of me growing, you know, talk to me in two years and I'll have a different opinion. I, I have no idea. That's kind of the part of doing this whole thing of having two young kids and going along the process is not knowing what the hell you're doing the next day. 
but you kind of have a, a general idea. You follow what you think is best for the kids and kind of just pay attention to what they're doing and go from there. But anyhow, I just had to share that little story of how uh, last week I, I got that feeling and I reverted back and reminded myself that to just pay attention to him. And it's, it's really about the, the kids. Um, I'm sure my daughter, she's progressing pretty quick too, cause she's learning now learning from him. So she's a little, a little bit more difficult and demanding in some situations. So she's going to be a real fun one to, uh, to deal with when she's two and a half. I'm sure what I'm going to do next is like I said earlier, I really, since I've started the show, I, I can't thank all of the listeners enough. I've received more emails for this show than any other show on mountain bike radio. I think, um, besides maybe just riding along because that's been going for a while and that's, you know, there's always a couple coming in here and there. Uh, but I I've received so many emails. I can't, I've tried to respond personally to everyone I got. Some have been shorter, some have been longer, but I really appreciate you guys all sending stuff in. So keep listening Keep sending your emails in for the different topics. I'll usually try to have something different for each episode, but um, keep sending them in. I really appreciate it. And I've also, to let you know, received emails from people that dig that I share other people's emails on the air because it's cool to hear what other, they tell me that it's cool to hear what all these other guys are doing. So there's that too. So know that when you send something and I read it, there's at least one person out there that's like, huh, that's really cool. Like I'm in the same situation. I appreciate it. I'm going to read the emails. I'm going to go through my 10 things. And then I'm going to cut to the clip from Scott at athlete on fire. So he's a good friend of mine. He is really thoughtful in what he talks about. And I wanted to share his clip. Then we'll head on over and talk to Kelly and that'll be it. So be sure just a reminder, Head over to beingdadshow.com. You can find the first two episodes. You know, the first episode, it was more or less just the intro. Second episode was pretty interesting. I um, shared a ton of listener emails, and then I talked to Nick Ybarra. He is the race director for the Matahe 100, and uh, a guy I met here in town. We moved up to North Dakota and um, met him. Everyone kept telling me, you know, you're into cycling, you're into mountain biking, you need to talk to Nick. And I, I met Nick and, you know, we've known each other for a couple of months. We've been out hunting several times. We went Sunday down to the Badlands, hunted some birds. And, uh, yeah. So anyhow, I talked to him, what it's like being a dad, working on an oil rig, doing all this cool stuff. So head over, if you didn't listen to it already, head over to second episode of Being Dad Show. One more reminder, too, before we get rolling into this, and I'll remind you at the end of the show as well, Mountain Bike Radio, this show included, is available. We have an app, so for iOS, both phone and iPad, there is a, it's a standalone app, too, so it's not the native app that you'd find in the, I, or in the iPhone. Um, so just go to your iPhone app store, whatever it's called, type in Mountain Bike Radio, that'll pop up. Android, you can go to Amazon or the Google Play Store, type in Mountain Bike Radio. You can go to Stitcher, same thing, type it in. Or you can go on iTunes and follow along. I will mention the app is pretty slick because we have so many different shows and so much content coming through all the time that the search function is really nice. You just type in, like you could go to the app and type in Being Dad Show, 
and it'll pull up all the episodes. Or you could go there, type in just riding along and it'll pull up all the episodes of just riding along. Or like I mentioned with Kelly, with the apex nutrition podcast, just type in, go to the app and the little search thing at the top and type in apex nutrition and it'll pull up a list of all her episodes. And then the left-hand side, you could just hit the little or touch the little star and it'll automatically down, download all the ones that you want to download. And when you're done with them, you untouch the star and it removes it. It's really slick. No automatic stuff like iTunes or whatever. You don't have to subscribe or do anything like that. So that's another option. It's pretty slick, free, and uh, it's pretty cool. So do that. All right. Another thing, follow on Twitter. I created a Twitter account for Being Dad Show because I switched over my personal Ben Welnack account over to Being Dad Show. So starting to occasionally share some stuff over there that relate to being a dad. And uh, I think that's it. So I'm going to get these emails rolling because I have, uh, let's see, one, two, three, looks like seven or eight that I want to share quick um, because I, I really think that this is a cool thing, having the community and uh, sharing this type of thing. All right, Curtis, he says, and I will mention, and we're women are invading the show. Because we have an email from a woman also. She appreciates it, and I'll get to that. All right. So, Curtis. Hey, Ben. Enjoyed the podcast. It inspired a few memories of my son, Miles, that may relate. I was a single father and always said Miles and I grew up together at mountain bike races around Minnesota, Wisconsin. I helped a bunch of young guys get going to racing, and one time a rider came to tell me he received a bike and a deal. He gave me a framed photo of Miles riding around a race site on a 12-inch wheel bike to say thanks. That become a metaphor for being a dad, raise them up to be strong riders and good people, then one day you have to let them go. And then Mike T. from Southern California. I'm 45 with two kids, a 7-year-old girl and a 4-year-old boy. Before December 2nd, I want to teach... Uh, I He sent me two emails because he kind of misunderstood the topic, but I wanted to read him because he, there's two kind of short term and like a bigger issue type of thing. So before I want to teach my daughter to ride on dirt better, she's been asking me to take her out in the park so she can practice and ride or race cyclocross races with me. Uh, the short five minute kitty races. I want to take my son rock climbing the times we've been climbing outdoors. My daughter loves to climb, but swinging on the rope is even better. My son is more cautious and haven't, tr and hasn't tried, even though he sees his sister having fun. I'm hoping that he tries it out over Thanksgiving weekend. I want to continue teaching my kids the different rock features and vegetation out in Joshua Tree when we go out there next weekend as well. I like how the show is going, and I'm going to share this too because it's cool to it's cool to get a little praise. So thank you, everyone. You wouldn't believe I've been doing my previous life. I had nothing to do with being any radio stuff, any interviewing stuff. It's totally I've just kind of made this up as I go over the course of the last two years. And um, I've interviewed countless people. I've uh, been part of all kinds of different podcasts and I've interviewed people from, you know, famous people, whatever famous quote unquote, famous people to everyday people to all kinds of different things. And uh, it's incredibly hard to actually, kind of put together a whole episode and talk by yourself for like half an hour 
discussing all these discussing all these topics. So um, my point being that with these emails, I'm going to share the the little parts that uh, people say they like the show. That's it. It's my show, and I can do that. So that's how it goes, right? I like how the show is going. It's always good to see that there are other dads out there that take care of their kids. I'm not a stay-at-home dad per se, but I telecommute and work from home four to five days a week. So I'm around the house and I get to see my kids a lot. My wife is working part-time and so we are both lucky to be able to see our kids quite a bit. It's funny, but people have such low expectations of dads and I get compliments all the time for actually knowing and raising my kids. I really don't want the compliments. I just wish that the expectations for dads were higher. That last paragraph hits on a topic that we're going to save for some future. There's so much content, but I'm going to save for a future show because I think I posted something on my personal Facebook page that it was from some dad website that it, it said uh, dads don't babysit. And I think that kind of hits on it. Like it's, I guess I'm just a little bit more sensitive to it. I, I really could care less. I totally expect it. I totally expect the daddy daycare, all that kind of stuff. But I, I guess I'm a little bit more sensitive than I was before I was a dad. Uh, and especially being home with them for as long as I was every day, that the expectations are incredibly low. <laughs> like I just saw a commercial for Christmas, some food, um, like not Bisquick, but, uh, Pillsbury something or other where the guy is cooking in the kitchen and the wife comes in and she's like, did you order the cheese plate? And he's like, no. And she asked, did he order the meat or something like that? And he's like, no. And he pulls out some, he took some little cocktail weenies wrapped in dough that he baked in the oven. He pulled those out and she's like, you know how to use the oven? And it's like, you know, really like, it's not how all guys are really. Come on. All right. Next email is from Lindsay. She is, this is the woman. She says, I love being dad show. Uh, listening on my way to the San Francisco bike expo, I've been missing my cyclist dad. He's 3000 miles away in Connecticut. I asked him to share. I asked him to share his story but I'm so grateful for how my active dad was in cycling. My parents found a way to make it all work with his training and racing and being around it and, and being around it and a part of it all obviously shaped my life back to driving, but keep up the great work, Ben. Thank you, Lindsay. I appreciate you listening in. Thanks for supporting mountain bike radio. If uh, you have any questions, you can hit up her website, go to shine riders, co.com by the way so Lindsay, there's your shout out let's see i'm going to do the second part of mike t's email first part he talks about how he misunderstood the last email but uh three things i'm teaching my kids are the importance of family no matter what we always no matter what we always watch out for each other a couple years ago my son cut his lip when he was two and my daughter was five we had to go to the ER and we were going to drop her off at my in-laws and she told me that she wanted to go too since we were a family and we should stay together. He wants to teach his kids the love of the outdoors. He loves my ki- The kids love camping, playing at the beach, bicycling, and just playing. And finally, he wants them to grow up to be caring people. 
This is the hardest thing, but both my wife and I try to teach by example by being consistent. This is a work in progress. Well, Mike, first of all, thank you for the emails. I, uh, I'm learning this is a work in progress too. I completely agree that, uh, I think that over the next few years, I, if I keep doing this, you guys are going to be hearing all this, all my thoughts blurting out on a regular basis. So, you know, exactly, uh, you know, I might say something now and then six months, you know, you're thinking, oh man, this guy is just an idiot. He doesn't understand. He doesn't have kids that are five or 10 or whatever. Um, yeah, it's not, it's, this is a process that I'm learning as I go. And, uh, I'm going to say stupid things probably. And I'm going to realize, oh man, that was such a dumb idea or that was a really good idea. So I made it difficult on myself to do this kind of, I mean, I'm not sharing everything, but more publicly, but it's definitely a work in progress. And, uh, but yeah, keep at it, Mike. It's, it's cool that you're sharing that and cool that you're, you know, just thinking about these kind of things, I think is a step in the right direction. Derek, he is in Connecticut. First of all, great job with Mountain Bike Radio. Just riding along got me hooked and I keep coming back. I'm Derek in Connecticut. I have two boys ages six and five and one more boy coming spring 2015. Congratulations, Derek. I hope everything goes well and you know, you have your healthy boy come spring 2015. Congratulations on the boy, by the way. <laughs> Three boys. That'll be a little bit of a, a fun time for your wife in that house. My kids love all the stick and ball sports, and I really try to make sure and expose them to as many activities as possible. As a dad, I love seeing their reaction to different activities and trying to see the world through their eyes. Obviously, I'm partial to bike-related stuff, and getting the kids involved in biking is pretty cool and something I'm really enjoying. In trying to answer your homework for the week, I found it tricky to think of three things we're trying to teach the kids. For my wife and I, the big thing is for the kids to be good, honest, and hardworking people. In the more near-term goals, we're working on learning how to tie a shoe and how to operate a toilet seat. And I had an idea, he has an idea for a show, and I want to share that actually because he has a good idea. Dad Ventures, Ideas, Stories of Dad plus Kid Adventures and Activities. Uh, He goes on further here. Among other things, I took the kids to spectate at the UCI downhill in Wyndham North, or sorry, New York. It was pretty cool to see the kids, or pretty cool to get to see the world's best up close. It was neat to see for the first time myself. And hiking around the mountain to watch different stuff with the kids kept it interesting for them. Doing things with the kids always makes up for an adventure. And it would be neat to hear some different stories and the ups and downs of being a dad. Anyway, thanks for all the work you put in. Really great stuff. So I'd like to hear from you. If you hear this email, you hear that idea, and you want to hear the same thing, shoot me an email. Ben at mountainbikeradio.com. I'm open for suggestions. I think it's a good idea. Like I said earlier, there's so much content, so many different things. I probably should start doing this a little bit more often than two times a month. Uh, we'll see. Of all these other shows and all this other stuff going on, I just got uh, RidingGravel.com. We just released the information that I that I partnered up with uh, Guitar Ted, who is the creator of Gravel Grinder News. 
So Riding Gravel and Gravel Grinder News is now combined into RidingGravel.com. So I have that going on, all the different shows on mountain bike radio. Anyhow, my point being is I would like to do the show more often to hit on specific topics like that and just keep things, content moving and moving and moving because there's so many different topics, so many different ideas. But Derek, thank you for the idea. Thank you for listening in. I appreciate it. And keep listening and keep doing stuff with your kids. It's cool. Next email. This is Ty from Durango, Colorado. He, you know, I want to do a quick shout out to Ty. Uh, he supported Just Ride Along with a little donation. I appreciate it. They appreciate it. It's really cool that you've, you know, been following the show. So thank you. He writes, great job on MBR. It takes a lot of vision, sacrifice, and long-term commitment to do what you've done with it. I'm a regular JRA, big livers, and bike life of Swedish Lapland listener. As well as several others here and there. Now a big, regular, being dad junkie. That's a little plug in there for from Ty to me. So, <laughs> But I, I want you to know that I, you know, I appreciate that people value it like that. So that's cool. It's humbling for me, too. Because a lot of the stuff I do, a lot of late nights, a lot of days, just doing stuff. And you're like, oh, man, what am I doing this for sometimes? And then people come out and support you and write you emails like that and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. So my name is Ty. I'm a mountain bike addict. And I'm from Durango, Colorado, after spending my first 32 years in Alaska. Uh, he's 35. And he has a wonderful cycling tolerant wife and three kids, two girls who are six and eight and a boy named Trek who is four months old. My favorite thing to do with the kids is spend time in the mountains and ride our bikes. I've, I have to give a quick shout out to Durango Devo kids mountain bike program. My girls skills have improved dramatically in just one season of participation there. Working as an operator at natural gas plant, I work four days on and four days off, which affords me a lot of time with my family allowing us to take advantage of this amazing state. When I'm not with them, I choose to spend 99% of my personal free time on my trail bike and fat bike with a cross bike recently added to the quiver. All right. Three things he wants to teach his kids. Selflessness, always remembering that this life is not about us, but that we are here to love and serve other people. Thankfulness. There's no reason that we deserve all or sorry, not all, any of the stuff we have. We just as easily could have been born in a third world country with much more suffering than we experience. Respect. Our country would be a much better place if we respected the people God has placed in our lives who have authority over us. I really don't care what career or hobbies my kids choose, but if these three character traits are in place, when they leave the house, I'll consider parenting a success. Thanks for all you're doing. Time. Thank you, Ty. Appreciate the email. Like I said earlier, you know, just the fact that you guys are sending these in and you're actively thinking about these things, I think is a huge step in the right direction. A lot of times, a lot of people, not just guys, but women, moms, dads, whoever, you know, they go through things and just go through life. Don't think about things and don't think about why they're doing it. And uh, the fact that you're even putting this down on writing or in an email it's a huge step in the right direction. One more here, and then I'll get to my 10 things. This is a mountain bike dad from Pennsylvania. His name is Brian. I just started listening to MBR. What a great radio show for mountain bikers like myself. A great outlet for me 
Also great to hear from listeners in a similar situation to me. I'm pretty hooked on mountain biking right now. I'm lucky enough to work right next to the great trail system in central PA and that I ride all the time. I have only been riding for four years, but it's gradually becoming more and more important to me in so many different ways. I grew up playing many different sports, including basketball, soccer, lacrosse, and I was totally oblivious to the sport of mountain biking and, and unaware of my natural resources in Pennsylvania until I was 25 or 26. I definitely hope my one-year-old daughter picks up mountain biking when she gets a little older. It provides many things that traditional team sports do not, not that it has to be one or the other. The concept of mountain biking as a family activity especially resonates with me. My wife and I have one-year-old daughter, Kate. We are constantly wrestling with time constraints while making sure we are connecting with Kate and providing fun experiences for her. Kate enjoys hiking, basketball, stuffed animals, jumping in a jumper, swinging, grocery shopping, playing ball, climbing steps, and many others. Your emphasis on mountain biking and family really hits home because my role as a father is definitely clashing with my appetite for riding. My wife is 100% supportive of my riding, and she even stayed, or she even started riding also. She helps me fit rides in each week and totally validates the importance of biking, exercise, community, and life balance, as one of the other listeners pointed out. We also ride together on the rare occasion when it's possible. My wife and I both work, but I definitely do a lot of the cooking, dishes, and baby care. It's great to hear your and others' perspectives on these things. I also add that I work with at-risk kids in an outdoor setting. The therapeutic benefit of sports like mountain biking is something that I strongly believe in, both as a lifestyle to model to the kids I work with, and also as a means of maintaining my physical spiritual health so that I can be more effective counselor and dad. The often grueling physical challenge, the process of learning the machinery of the bike itself, the pure euphoria of ripping through the trail, and the connection of the natural surroundings and geography are just a few of the great things about the sport. So, anyhow, thank you for the great show. You have great mindset and personality for hosting the podcast. Woo! Thank you, Brian. Um, I appreciate it. So, like I said, as you can tell, all these people are writing in, taking the time to write these emails. I mean, this is a long email. It's not just a couple minutes. You know, doing this is something that, uh, first of all, I didn't think I'd be doing uh, the whole mountain bike radio podcast, you know, connecting with people in this. And then when I, the whole dad thing, I, I really didn't, until uh, I got the show going, I didn't really realize what it was going to be. I am humbled by people saying stuff like this. So I appreciate it. It's cool. All right. My 10 things, these are 10 things that I want to, not in any particular order, not in any particular importance or, and this isn't like the only list I have, but I wanted to just put out 10 things that I want to teach my kids as I go through, I'll probably come up with ideas and four other ones. And I'll have another episode where, you know, maybe five more things I want to teach my kids. And then, like I mentioned, after I'm done with that, we'll go to the inspiration for this episode, the clip that uh, Scott from athleteonfire.com sent over. So you get to listen to his 10. And then, like I said, we'll finish up with Kelly from Apex Nutrition. You'll hear her three things that she talks about that she wants to teach her kids. And then we'll have a full discussion on ways that you can help your kids eat better. If you have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email. It's Ben at mountainbikeradio.com or Facebook, Twitter, any of those things. So I'm going to start off. I got my list here. 
uh, I'm going to start off with my bigger perspective uh, issues, not traits necessarily, but uh, bigger items. First of all, I want to teach my kids to be independent. It's really important to me that, you know, they don't need me there for everything. If let's say by the time they get 10 years old, we go in a store and I say, Hey, you grab the milk and the this and that, whatever. And then we're going to pay. Here's the money. Let's pay whatever. It's really important to me that they have the ability to go over there, figure out, Oh man, I can't remember if he did this and this and this, or if, what he wanted, you know, to have the ability to figure out what the, the situation is and to uh, make a decision to understand that sometimes whether it's grocery shopping or some other thing, you know, doing a, a project at school or uh, making something at home or fixing something that they have the ability to figure it out and realize that, yeah, you're going to screw up, but if you do it by yourself, you can learn through the process and have the ability to do it on yourself and not always ask, well, is it okay if I, you know, I'm going to build this? Well, what if I do this? And, and and to have me standing over their shoulder saying, oh, you should use this, you should use this. I want them to be able to go through that process themselves and to realize that being okay and just sitting in silence and doing your own thing and not saying anything and just being by yourself is okay. And it's very good, actually. Paige is just trying to figure things out. I think it's going to be a little bit different since she's been at daycare a little bit earlier in life than Clay has. But Clay, I, you know, I actively would spend time. I would work and I would just not ignore him, but make sure he was just off on his own. So now what he'll do is he'll spend two, three hours, but he'll just want to do it by himself. He'll want to go play by himself. Like the other day, Monday, I woke up, sick, totally sick, totally worse than I've been in a while. Like I didn't even have motivation to get off the couch to answer email, to do, to do anything. So I told Clay, I said, Clay, I'm sick. I need to lay down. And you know, I put your sister down to sleep. She's going to take a, a, a long nap. So I'm going to lay on the couch and go to sleep. And because I don't feel good and I need you to play and I need you to, if you need anything, just let me know. I woke up like three hours later. Paige was thankfully had a really good nap, which she's some, you know, sometimes she'll sleep three, four hours and she just so happened. And he's like, I woke up, I said, Clay, how's it going? Good diaper wet. But other than that, he was just playing by himself for the whole time. So I'm pretty thankful for that so far, but uh, you know, that independence thing, I, I just hope I can keep putting that one in their heads and, uh, teach them to be by themselves. Uh, do things by themselves and just and just learn by themselves and and learn that that's okay. Second thing, to be thoughtful. Last week, uh, it's actually a couple weeks now, maybe three weeks, right before Thanksgiving, I was in the the post office here in Wofford City, which during the oil boom, uh, this small town went from like thousand people to six thousand people in the last few years. And the post office is one of the casualties because you can only have, they only have so many workers and they have all these people that don't have uh, post or we, none of us, we all have post office boxes. And uh, a lot of people don't have good addresses that UPS or FedEx ship to. So they have packages shipped to P 
P.O. box at the post office. So everyone's waiting in line to pick up these boxes. And it's, it's just chaos a lot of times if you go in at the wrong time. I went in there with the kids. It was kind of the wrong time. It was kind of busy, but we were thankfully near the the front of the line. And standing there, kids were really good. I just was holding Paige and Clay. He just stands there. He's he kind of watching people, and I'd show him a couple things. He'd read some letters off, and we'd just kind of talk. And we'd been there for five, ten minutes, and they were being good. And in comes this mom with two kids, total disaster. It looked like probably like three-year-old and five-year-old, total disaster. I mean, like running all over, screaming, like opening the, you know, those mail bin things where you you kind of swivel the door open, open that, slamming it. And as soon as they did that and she said, uh, the mom said, stop doing that, honey, or something like that. Stop doing that. You're going to hurt yourself. That is a moment that I knew it was going to be a mess because it wasn't stop that, because like, I'm telling you, stop. It was, oh, you're going to hurt yourself. It's like, I knew it was going to be a mess. So anyhow, so it kept going on. They kept running around and then they, they ran out the door into the little entryway and were like putting their face on the window. And then, and then another person came in and they were in the way. And she said, get out of the way because they're going to run you over. Guy comes in and this guy, ever all the rest of us were kind of standing there watching. And a guy comes in and he's like, you know, thank you. And she's like, thank you. He's like, yeah, thank you. That is the best birth birth control that you could possibly give me. And she's like, excuse me. And he said, you heard me that those kids right there are the best birth control that I could possibly have. And she was getting upset and people were looking and you know, she was obviously upset because she's got little control over these kids. It's, I can't imagine like her, you know, she brought up her husband. If she was there, he would, kick her ass or kick that guy's ass and all this. Stuff. I can't imagine what the house is like. And I just stood there. I'm like, you know, whatever. I, I didn't really, I was just focused on the kids and kind of just stand there paying attention. What was, you know, it was just kind of going on and paid, you know, sent some packages to uh, actually to some of you people, t-shirts, sent off some stickers. I think as we're leaving that guy that was talking to her, he he stopped me and said, you know, thank you. He's like, thank you for your kids being so good. And I'm like, yeah, I, no problem. And I left there and I started thinking, you know what? This is where the thoughtful comes in is looking back on it. I'm kind of sad that I didn't at least do something because in that situation, instead of thinking, oh man, that lady's disaster, look at her. What has she got going on? Thinking about, oh my gosh, what her house is like, you know, a total disaster. Kids are running all over screaming, fighting. Instead of doing that, I could have very well kneeled down and just tried to at least look at the situation differently. Kneel down and said, hey, you know, to the three-year-old that was running by, like, hey, how's it going? What do you like to do? Do you like to play sports? Do you like to read books? I could have tried to at least engage him for a couple minutes to try to like calm the situation. I mean, I could talk to kids. I, you know, Clay could, Clay, you know, seeing Clay standing there, it would have been for this littler kid would have been a no brainer. Come over, start talking. I could have like tried to do something. So I thought about that on the way home and it, it really hit me that, you know, I shouldn't, uh, I should try to think of things in a little bit more of a, 
in her shoes type of situation. Cause all she wanted to do was calm the, these kids down, but I didn't. And something that I, I should have done and something that I need to teach, uh, Clay and Paige is to look at different situations and just don't automatically jump to one conclusion. Just think about the situation, think about what's going on and, uh, take it from that pers- you know, maybe a different perspective. I want to teach the kids to be observant, observant in the fact of just surroundings. Um, there's a place I, I take the kids in daycare and pick them up in the night, whatever. And on the road to town, we're about two miles North of town out in the country. It doesn't take long. <laughs> there's a little area. It's kind of all construction and there's a field and along that area off to the West in the field, there's a big strip of trees. There's uh, a family of deer. There's three, there's four, sometimes three, most of the time, I got to get some binoculars because I think one's a, a decent sized buck, but I, I can't tell from where I stand, but they're there all the time. They're quite a ways out there. So you'd have to actively look to see them, but be observant, look around to notice that there's a family of deer right on the road that you can pretty much guarantee that at a certain time, they're going to be on one side of the trees and the other time they're going to be on the other. You know, if it's crappy weather, they're going to just be like sticking their nose out of the trees or they're going to be laying out in the grass or whatever. Just be observant to those type of things. They're all around you. Number four, question authority. Not disrespect authority, not disrespect other people, not but but question authority. If you're if your teacher, for example, say Paige is eight years old and we learned something at home, we read a book on this, and I, I taught her this, and we we discussed all those kind of different things. And she goes to school. And the teacher is telling her they're reading some type of lesson and they're talking about the thing we just maybe talked about and it's not quite right. I want her to ask and I want her to say, you know what? I just read this and I just read this book and this book. And it basically, she could say, I cross-referenced this. I would, I'll throw a party, but you know, I, I know the facts of this situation. Why are you telling me this? I want her to understand that that is okay, that she needs, she learns this stuff and that that's okay. That's a good thing to do. I want her to, you know, I want them to take that away from, from what I teach them, not disrespect and, you know, not to, to put down people or put down authority or disrespect authority, but I want them to realize and have the confidence in their abilities, their knowledge to, to question what other people are saying, whether they're authority on on a subject or pretending to be authority on a subject. All right. Number five, expect better. I what I mean by expect better is that they, I want them to realize that they are worth it. So if they walk, you know, if they uh, pay for a service or ask somebody to do something or maybe at some point down the road, maybe they have an employee or employees and they expect, or they, they ask or demand or require whatever them to do something. I want them to not just give in to, yeah, that's good enough. I want them to realize that they're valuable and that they should expect uh, never even in an email. Like I know sometimes I try to get back to, all of you and I have so many things going on that I, you know, my punctuation sometimes or my, my uh, lowercase, uppercase is probably a disaster, but I want to get so many different thoughts out and send them out to you that it's just bad. Um, what I like to do better and who I expect better. Hell yeah. I, 
there's nobody that expects more. I get some, you know, some uh, criticisms and stuff about the, the website, the way I do things. And, you know, you probably criticize the way I, I sound on some of these recordings. I have ums, I have this and that, but there's nothing that anybody could say that's harsher on me than me, because I always expect myself to do better. I always, there's always parts of everything that I do that I am picking apart because I know the different situations I'm in all the time, the, all the little details, all the little stuff that I, I'm constantly putting more pressure on myself than I probably need to, but I, I want them to get that, that I expect better and that they should expect better or first of themselves. And then of, of other people, once you expect a lot of yourself, I think it, it comes across pretty quickly in expecting those around you too. That's important to me. If they, again, I guess it goes back to the confidence, having the confidence and the knowledge to, to be in that position to expect better from themselves. So I guess I should, should uh, foster some good confidence, huh? So five more, uh, just specific skills. Uh, the first one is read, write, and communicate. It's all one. Reading and writing is, it's a no brainer. I mean, uh, um, we read a lot of books around here and pages now, you know, you tell her to go get the book and she'll carry it around and she pages through stuff. And Clay is now he's not reading, but he'll take his, uh, uh, all kinds of books and he'll like open the page. He memorized this, like a bunch of pages to this, uh, Thomas, the trains railway friends rhyme book, but he'll read a whole page. Like he just, he just memorized the whole thing. So so he definitely has it down, like the concept down. So now we kind of just have to do the rest of the reading and uh, the writing thing. I, it's important to convey your message, whether it's typed or written. I don't, I don't really care. And, and it's not so much, and I'm not so worried about the punctuation and the all the the uppercase, lowercase. I, I want him, it's really important to understand like there, there, and there, and you know all the, the different forms of different words, two and two. That kind of stuff. That's that. If he doesn't learn that stuff, we're gonna we're gonna have a hard time. Um, the, the third part of that is communicate is very important. You know, kids they're communicating a different way than we are and we had with all different text messages and and different forms of social media, all the different stuff. They they're light years ahead of. They're just bored with us is is what it comes down to. But it's important for me to teach them to communicate on a one to one personal level. Can they talk to somebody? Can they walk up and say, hi, my name is Ben. How are you? You know, it, that is a skill that is totally lost. And it makes people nervous. It makes me nervous to walk into a group of people and say, hey, I'm Ben. How's it going? What are you up to? What do you do? What do you blah, 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 blah. I get nervous too, but I obviously I have to do it. Otherwise, like people are just going to stand there a lot of times and I'm going to miss out on a lot of conversation. So that's important. Second skill is uh, to learn how to fish. Clay already caught a fish by himself this summer and he talks about it still. So we're good on that. Now I need to get Paige going and just keep on doing that. Third skill I want to teach him, ride a bike. Clay is already on Strider. Paige, she's on a, on a four-wheel bike. She scoots along with one foot. So she's learning too. All right. Fourth skill that I want to teach him is how to cook. And more specifically, not exactly how to cook, you know, like following recipes and that kind of thing, but 
more of like how to taste. So yeah, you can cook different things. You take a recipe and you follow it to a T, right? But maybe it's not what you like. Maybe it's not what you're, when you get older, maybe it's not what your wife likes and you like and your kids like, right? So you have to take that recipe that you've developed or that built or, you know, put together and develop your own little flair or whatever your taste to it. But if you don't know if it needs, you know, for your taste, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, or maybe I'd like a little bit of, uh, you know, chorizo to add a little spicy, smoky sausage fat flavor to it or whatever. That is a skill that takes just doing it and playing with it and practicing and cooking and trying and doing different things to do it. So that's something you need to, you know, professional chefs and stuff like that are born with that kind of, I think that's a, a natural talent, but at the same time, it's something that you develop. So that's the fourth one. And the fifth one that I want to teach my kids, the, the fifth skill is I want to help them or teach them to help me with my work. So hopefully I'm still doing this kind of thing in a couple of years. That'd be really cool because that means that we've built this awesome thing with all these different followers that are becoming members of mountain bike radio and we're selling shirts and sharing stories. And you know, there's obviously it takes money to keep things going, but that means we have cool partners that people are, you know, buying their stuff and they're, we have this whole thing going on. Right. So two years from now, it would be so cool to get clay on here and teach him how to record. We sit at one mic. I sit at one mic. He sits at the other. He does some recording. He does some editing, do some website stuff, learns how to do the back end of the, of the website, does some editing, learns what all these different things are. That'd be really cool. And then, you know, then he could be like, all right, Paige, now it's your turn. And he could do a little short section with Paige and, um, they, they get a taste for what it's really like to do this kind of thing and, and to put and to really make something from nothing. That kind of lesson would be invaluable. That was my 10 things that I want to teach my kids. I want to hear yours. I want to share yours. It doesn't have to be 10. You could send me one. You could send me two. You could send me 10. I want to share it on the air. So shoot me an email at ben at mountainbikeradio.com and we'll get that going. Next up, listen in to Scott. He shares his 10 things he wants to teach his kids. And Scott, I really appreciate you sending it over. Keep doing it, and we'll get Scott on the air at some point in the in the future. But uh, head over to his website, athleteonfire.com. He interviews all kinds of inspirational athletes across all types of sports and other different things like photography and some other uh, outdoor-related things. But he puts them through uh, – it's a great podcast. He puts them through different questions, and uh, they share some pretty inspirational stories. So head over to athleteonfire.com. All right, so we'll do Scott, and then after that, you'll hear a clip from a discussion that Kelly Jennings from Apex Nutrition and I had, and that'll be it. So I look forward to next time. Thank you again for listening in, and if you have any questions – Feel free to shoot me an email. One more reminder, the app, you can hit us up on social media. So Twitter, it's twitter.com slash show. Follow us on Mountain Bike Radio, which is facebook.com slash 
Mountain Bike Radio. Mountain Bike Radio is on Twitter as well. So MTN Bike Radio. That'll do it. Thank you again. So listen in and come back for the next episode. Thank you. All right. So today, my buddy Ben Wellneck, uh, he created a show called Being Dad Show. And uh, I'm sure I'm going to shoot part of this clip over to him to let him post on his show as well. But I have 10 things that I'm going to teach my sons uh, before they're out of my house that hopefully will make them better men, better little guys uh, on the way to being men and uh, less entitled and, and more willing to work hard to get what they want out of life. Um, and before we get into the 10, I have a few quotes that I really like that have always been kind of a mantra, an inspirational quote for me. Okay. So the first one, and I have no idea who to attribute this one to. I don't know where I heard it, but, uh, I like it and it's, uh, you can't do part-time work and expect full-time results. And, um, you know, I think part of that is for athlete on fire. I, I work 25, 30 hours on this a week, but it's not full-time. And there's a lot of things I need to do, and there's a lot of things that slip through the, through the cracks. So uh, I definitely under, understand that sentiment. And, and things that I've done in the past, I thought I was giving full effort, but I really wasn't. And, and the results that I got from that uh, definitely related. <clears throat> I think the best example for this is uh, endurance athletes. Running specifically, you get out of what you put into your training for, for a lot of these these efforts as an athlete. So I love that quote. Second one is by Jonas Salk, which you guys all know. Of course, he developed the first successful polio vaccine. And this quote is, and it was always on my buddy's uh, email signature. It's, the reward for work well done is the opportunity to do more. You're not entitled to work. You have to work for that work. And uh, I think that's a lesson that everybody should should understand. Lastly, I always use this when I was playing ball in college. <laughs> it's um, it's Jerry West, Zeke Crabbing Cabin Creek in West Virginia. He's from West Virginia, of course. We got that West Virginia connection because I was born there and have family there. But for my baseball career, doing some endurance events, I love this quote. It says, "If you only work hard on the days you feel good, you'll never get anything done." And that sums up just about everybody when they're feeling like crap and they don't want to go to the gym, they don't want to do their run, they don't want to work on hitting the ball or shooting the ball. Um, they don't want to refine their writing process or their uh, their marketing process, whatever it is. If you're not feeling good, you, you still gotta you gotta push through. Sometimes it's the difference between being hurt and injured, which you always hear on on TV during football games. Um, it's the difference between being successful and not successful is working hard when you really don't feel like it. So love those quotes. I'm always going to share those with my boys, probably ad nauseum and. Uh, tough. They're only three and one right now. So, uh, the, those are a little higher level for a three and a one year old, but they will get it soon. I promise. All right. So 10 things I'm going to teach my boys. You ready? Here we go. Number one, read a map. Holy crap. I love my GPS stuff. More often than not though, I will pull up my GPS and I'll memorize the route. So I don't have to listen to that little lady and I have to look down every two seconds. Our brains are more than capable to, to, to route a 15 minute, 15 mile route. Okay. So I'm going to teach my boys how to do that. I think it's a skill that's important for other things and, uh, just plugging in an address and always expecting to get something on the other end is lazy. I'm going to teach them how to read map. All right. Number two is play. And I'm talking everything. I'm talking play every sport, learn how to catch, throw, kick, swim, ride a bike, snowboard, ski, everything that you can possibly imagine that has to do with play, even mindless play, jumping on the monkey bars, chasing each other around. 
he is going to have a light for the backdrop of play. And I heard this in a, on a, it was either a TED talk or, or talk at a, a local church around here. But uh, the opposite of depression is play, which is pretty interesting, which I always thought was kind of cool. But if you can learn how to play and play consistently, there's always going to be a spirit of, of, of a child in you and you're, and you're going to be able to stay happy and stay productive knowing when to get away from the desk or get away from your job to, to go release. So teaching them how to play often is going to be important for my little guys. Number three, this has always been a pet peeve, and I don't think you have to be a morning person or a night person per se, but I'm going to teach my little dudes how to get up early and be productive, man. And uh, when I was in college, I used to get up early and study and be productive and go work out. And, you know, everybody had your friends that would sleep till 11 o'clock or whatever, and and if they're productive from 11 to 3, 3 a.m., great. That's awesome. But for my guys, they're going to get up early, and they're going to be in a good mood, and they're going to be productive. Uh, I was working at a gym, corporate fitness, for, for three or four years of my career. And you'd see guys come in with their clients that are paying $80, $90, $100 an hour for their time, and their head would be down. They'd have a hoodie on. They're walking, moping around. They weren't engaging their clients, and it was such a disservice and uh, – and, and, you know, it, it's, uh, it was an impression on the rest of the club that might be um, potential uh, clients for them. And I want to teach my guys how to get up, be productive, get the day going, and really attack every single day of your life because you're not promised any day. So I'm going to teach them how to get up early. Number four, drive a stick. Maybe this is just me, but, you know, my dad taught me on a stick. His taught him on a stick. There, You know, there's not a lot of vehicles that are that – are, manufactured as as uh, manual anymore but you can drive tractors and um, bobcats and all kinds of cool stuff if you do that and as a guy i think that's pretty cool as a girl too like you should be able to drive anything uh, when i was growing up on i would go to my grandparents farm up in west virginia for a couple weeks every summer and my parents would just drop me off and i definitely understand why now and uh, we would just hang out my grandfather would teach me how to drive his old 1970 uh, Volkswagen Beetle that was a stick he taught me how to drive his big daddy tractor that was a column weird kind of stick shift thing but I feel like I can drive anything now and for emergencies that's cool and uh, it's very empowering so he's going to learn how to drive one of those bad boys even if we have to go find one in the junkyard number five this is a character builder right here I'm going to teach him how to build a fence manually with post hole diggers have you guys ever worked with post hole diggers first of all He's going to get ripped if he does that. <laughs> Secondly, it's uh, there's a lot of you know measuring twice, cutting once type of thing going on there, where, where you have to plumb and square things up. You have to make sure you do it right the first time, or you know if you put two posts in, if you put in one post in correctly, it can affect the whole project. So just teaching them how everything kind of connects with big projects, and it's hard work. And I want him to, I want him to value manual labor and hard work. Um, I'm not going to say that I grew up in the fields on a farm or anything, but <clears throat> those lessons were all learned and I'm going to teach him those lessons and he can know what the alternative is without being educated or ambitious. Not that, um, people who build fences aren't, but that's just a lesson that I think is important. So I'm going to teach him how to value reading actual paper. I love digital. I use a Kindle when I travel, I read off my Kindle, but the, the tactile, uh, experience with, Hearing pages flip, um, sitting by a candlelight at night in the wintertime next to a book, being able to flip back uh, a few pages and, and just shuffle through them and understanding that like back in the 20s and 30s, 
great minds were flipping through similar books, whether it be the classics or not, uh, is very important to me. I want him to have that nostalgia for when he gets older and hopefully passes it down to his kids. And, uh, you know, I, I think the balance of digital versus <coughs> non-digital is always going to be a battle for us in this, in this, uh, generation. So I want to teach them, uh, that there is more than just digital out there, which, uh, ties into the next one, <laughs> number seven, which is write freehand or cursive. I just want them to be able to write, you know, keep a journal, write your thoughts down. Um, you can do that on your computer. You can do that with audio, which I do for the show a lot just to, to, um, record my thoughts. But I think being able once again, to have that tactile experience is important. So just that balance between digital and not digital. Number eight, which is a kind of a theme of my life is to be able to question and respect authority at the same time. So, um, you know who your authority figures are as young men and young women and being able to respect that authority and question it at the same time is very important. It's important for personal growth and it's important for, uh, you know, filling in the society and, and it's important for, um, figuring out ways to do things better. And I think that's going to be important for, for any young man or woman. If you just question authority, um, sometimes you just come up, some come across as disrespectful. So you can respect it and question it and, and it leads to good conversation. It also leads to being able to argue both sides of a point, even if you don't agree with one side, just so that you can get the full picture. And I'm going to teach that as well. Number nine, cook food. Dude, if all you can cook is a fried egg and a bowl of cereal by the time you're 15, then I have failed. You're going to be cooking me dinner, boy. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but on a serious note, when you get out into the world and you can't provide uh, or cook for yourself, there's something wrong with that. Food is not always just prepared for you and put on a plate. You don't buy it prepared all the time. So we're going to teach our boys how to cook healthy food. And uh, and it will be a, a nice catch for when he's courting someone, if you know what I mean. So there you go. Number 10, and this is important to me because it's important to my wife as well. We're going to teach these little dudes how to, how to be adventurous and how to be adventurous without us. You know, Whether we set up a goal of hopping on your bike going on these certain trails, grabbing this stuff from this grocery store and heading home, creating little adventures when they're young to teach them how to travel safely in third world countries. We want these guys to be adventurous because that leads to perspective and perspective leads to growth. And, uh, and all that stuff makes you a better and more creative and interesting person. And, uh, we believe in adventure and travel <coughs> as a way of life. <clears throat> and we can pass it down to our little guys. And if, if they can do one through 10, uh, and do one through 10, uh, by the time they're 12, 13 at a reasonable age, we think we're going to have some pretty cool little guys. So that's what we're going to do. Hopefully Ben's going to share this over at being, being dad show. Uh, I don't know why this was our topic for week and warrior, but it's just some, some good introspection, hanging out with them. We were snowed in up in Breckenridge, like literally a foot overnight of snow. So we were sitting by the fire watching a little football. Um, we, we got out with them a little bit, but they were getting frostbitten. <laughs> not, not really. It was cold though. Um, so that's it. 10, 10 things I'm going to teach my boys. I'm going to go through them really quick. One more time. Read a map, play, get up early in a good mood and be productive. Four, drive a stick so you can drive other things. Five, build a fence, the character that you get from that. Six, read actual paper so you can have a connection to the past. Seven, write freehand and often. Eight, question and respect authority. Nine, be able to cook a meal for yourself by the time you leave my house. And ten, be adventurous. And be adventurous without us. We're going to teach you how to do that. So 
Wyatt and West, I hope you guys at some point in your life get to listen to this. To anybody else out there who has kids or anybody else who, who is a young man or woman, uh, you know, go down this checklist and see out of 10 how many you, you, you're able to do. If you're an adult, go down a checklist and see out of 10 how many of these you're able to do. Uh, I think it's a good practice, a good exercise for all of us. I'm going to sign off, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Athlete on Fire. You can learn more at athleteonfire.com if you like the podcast. Uh, go to iTunes or Stitcher. Give us a review. The only thing that does is it allows us to be seen by more people. And even more importantly than that, if this resonates with you, if you can share this with one person, that, that would make more than, of a difference than anything. So thanks a lot for listening. I'm Scott Jones, your host, and you guys are listening to Weekend Warrior. And uh, this is the Athlete on Fire show. Thanks a lot. I have Kelly Jennings of Apex Nutrition with me, and we are going to talk a little bit before we get to the episode that we recorded for the show. In that episode, she gives nine to, well, 10, well, really, we I think we talk about 11 or 12 different tips. Oh, there's like 30 tips. Right, exactly. It's filled, it's almost 40 minutes filled with tips for you to help your kids eat better. And... Before we get to that, I wanted to have Kelly on to give us a few different, three different things that she wants to teach her kids. She has four kids ranging from 11 months to your oldest boy, seven, seven years, you said? Seven years old, yeah. Yep. So she has four kids. She's has a couple successful businesses. She's been doing this with kids around the whole time. And even though she's not a dad, and I said that we wouldn't have any, this would be a dad-only spot, Kelly's a special uh, situation because not only did she come on and give you nutrition tips, uh, she has some great insight. And we got talking, and I wanted to get to share her knowledge. So, Kelly, you know, I gave earlier in this episode of the Be and Dad Show, I gave a bunch of things that I want to teach my kids. And I wanted to ask you, you know, what are three things that you want to teach your kids? They can be anything from, you know, like one specific skill to like an overarching, you know, principle of some sort. So what do you, what are important to you? What's important to you? What are the three things that you'd like to teach your kids? All right. So number one, I would want to teach them that there, that there doesn't have to be limits. I grew up um, in a family where I really felt like I could do anything in the world I wanted to do. Like I never thought twice about starting my own businesses as I grew older. As a kid, I never thought twice about like anything in the world I wanted to do. Like no one ever told me I couldn't do it, you know, as far as like dreams. Um, and I hope like, I hope my kids can have confidence and not doubt themselves and, and think that like not think twice. I, uh, my dad, is a tractor mechanic and he owned his own business and I rebuilt alternators for my job, you know, in junior high and high school and starters. And I didn't even think that was weird really until I got into college. Um, and so like, I just never thought twice and I was kind of treated like that growing up. And so I hope I can pass that on to my kids because I love that about my childhood. And, um, yeah, I, even as an adult, like I, I have to rein myself in sometimes because I'm like, yeah, I'll start another business. Why not? You know? So, that's one <laughs> alternators and starters. Huh. I, did, I it was really fun. It's like problem solving. Huh. Um, yeah. Interesting. So. Can, can I ask you one thing that you, uh, one piece of knowledge about alternators that you would know that somebody else wouldn't. Oh, 
I, I asked because we just had to replace our alternator in one of our vans last week, and I come oh. to find out that it's like double the cost of a regular one because a minivan has all kinds of different things, and you need a high-voltage alternator, which is more expensive. Oh, that stinks. And these are tractor alternators, so they're probably different. One gotcha. thing, you know, uh, some require soldering inside, some don't. Um, I, I was bad at soldering, so I liked the Ford ones that didn't. They required nuts that screwed down on the little uh, electronic or electrical pieces. That's well, one thing I remember. There you go. <laughs> there All you right. go. See, just to verify that I did that. Yeah. Um, okay. The, the next thing I was thinking that I, would, I want to teach them is I want to teach them a good work ethic. Like, um, you know, I think growing up in that family situation, blue collar with, um, and not that this can't be true of white collar at all, because hopefully my husband and I can, um, teach this as well. But, you know, I saw my parents work and, um, I don't think that I grew up with a sense of entitlement at all, that something would just come to me for free. And I really hope that in, you know, work in school and in, you know, athletics and in everything that my kids have a good sense of work, um, but at the same time, I don't want them to take themselves too seriously or what they're doing too seriously. Because if, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, even through your hard work, then that's a that's kind of a bummer, too. So, um, yeah, I would say work hard at everything, but don't take yourself too seriously. I hope they can learn that for sure. Sounds good. I, I'm, I mean, if you're listening to this, you've already heard my 10, but I'm right there with you as far as agreeing on and those. So, all right. Well, well, since I only got three, that's why I have to like double up on those. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. It's, I mean, you could do more if you want, but yeah, I, she's good. <laughs> I, I just, we, the reason we've been doing so many episodes, I think over the, the last couple of years is because I think we have a similar perspective and there's some things that I've taken away as far as the whole child thing too. Yeah. So I appreciate your perspective, I guess well, is what I'm saying. You. Yeah. I was, I was thinking when you were talking about how we did nine tips, but it was 10, but it was 30. <laughs> I'm going to actually, that's how I'm just going to describe it. Cause I tend to be long winded. I know that, but instead of it being like negative, like long winded and be like, no, I just give extra tips the entire time I talk. Right. Exactly. That's, <laughs> and that's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. It, it's good to give extra. That's, that's good. <laughs> that's right. Yep. That's that hard work thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so my last thing is I, you know, there are things that are important to me as far as faith. You know, everyone has their different, you know, belief system or, or not. Um, but for me, faith in God and, and, and family are most important. So I hope, you know, something with hard work and doing all these different things, like you got to have a center as well. And all those other things tend to not matter when you as a person aren't you know, centered and happy and those sort of things. So that's probably the biggest thing for me is I want them, no matter what else happens, I want them to um, have those core values and those, those solid things. And for us, that's going to be faith in God and, and love within a family. Um, so yeah, I, I hope that they see that as a number one thing, the activities and striving isn't where it, where everything is at when, when it's all said and done. So all of mine were big, like philosophical principles, um, instead of tangible things. But yeah. those are, those are the things, you know, and the no limits. I really, I really hope to extend that to my daughters. Um, I, I think boys need it too. And, you know, this is a man show and I, I, I know <laughs> men see it from a different perspective. And, but gosh, as a girl growing up like that and not like this crazy feminist, you know, like I'm not saying, you know, anything about that, but growing up knowing that my parents, you know, kind of just supported me doing whatever was really, was really cool and more unique than I realized 
at the time. So, awesome. uh, so yeah, those are our three things. Awesome. Those are, those are cool. I appreciate you sharing. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate all the listeners. You know, we, I've received several different emails from listeners who shared what they wanted to learn. So it's, it's really cool from hearing from other people and yourself. And if you're listening to this, you know, send me an email. It's Ben at mountainbikeradio.com and tell us your three things. And I won't share your last name. I'll just say, mm-hmm. Hey, it's Joe from Michigan. And you know, these are the three things because I really want other listeners and other dads and maybe moms to uh, really understand that we're kind of all in the same situation, more or less, and uh, kind of just going along. And hopefully I don't, I don't always say, you know, I don't expect to provide inspiration, but if we can, if all of us together, you know, Kelly sharing this, myself sharing this, um, can offer up a couple tips here or there or something to think about for yourself. Maybe you don't have kids yet. You're going to be having kids. Um, you know, same situation as Kelly, you know, me pick or just getting stuff from Kelly along the last two years when I've been, you know, before I met Kelly and we started recording actually before, uh, my son was born, I think, or he had just been born. So, yeah. So along this process, I've also gained stuff from Kelly. So my hope is, you know, with Kelly sharing, me sharing, all of us kind of sharing that maybe one of you listeners out there gains the same perspective from some of the stuff that I did from Kelly. Does that make sense? It's kind of what I'm getting at. If you have any questions, shoot me an email. Um, but Kelly, thank you for sharing. And yep. uh, listeners, keep listening because now what you're going to hear is Kelly and Kelly giving you tips on how to uh, better help your kids eat more nutritious food. So yep. that's Somewhere it. between nine and 30 tips coming your right, way. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so listen in, check back, shoot us an email, go to the show page, go to Facebook, do whatever you have to do. Um, but we appreciate you listening in and that'll do it. So Kelly, thank you very much. Yep. No problem. I want to listen to the man show now and hear yeah. everyone else has said, not fair. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, you know, I know we're going to get some moms listening in because they want to know what we're talking about. So it's good. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Apex Nutrition Podcast on Mountain Bike Radio. I'm joined by Apex Nutrition herself, Kelly (laughs) Jennings. Kelly, how's it going? It's going well. Good morning. So it's been a while. I think it's been about a month or so since we did, uh, since we released the last one. But all right, this is a special episode. So this is going to be part of the Being Dad show. And if you're a regular listener to the Apex Nutrition Podcast and wondering what the Being Dad Show is, you can go to beingdadshow.com. That'll redirect you to the Mountain Bike Radio website um, show page. So Kelly is obviously not a father, but she <laughs> she knows her stuff. She has four kids herself. She knows how to deal, right? Four kids. Yeah, four kids. Four kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, including a little one. Um, so she knows her way around kids. She's a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Nutrition. Uh, Yes. Registered dietitian. Um, so I thought it would be really cool for you, the dads, even though she's not a dad, it's okay this time, um, to bring her on as a part of a special episode or a, a special episode of apex nutrition podcast and bring it to the being dad show because I know there's a lot of you out there 
listening who could benefit from some of the tips what we're going to do this episode is uh, she's going to give you nine tips to help you or help your kids eat better basically yeah, help but you help them <laughs> yes for you to help your kids um but i thought it would be a good way for you the listener to get a, get some tips and to realize what kelly has to offer um you personally not just uh, the kids situation but you as far as training uh, and uh, regular nutrition. So yeah. if you've never listened to Apex Nutrition Podcast before, go over to mountainbikeradio.com. Midway through there, you can listen to recent episodes. Click on the show page. We've done a ton of episodes, everything cover, you know, covering everything from training nutrition uh, to everyday nutrition. So anything from fueling, so what you would need after a, you know, for a three-hour ride or two-hour ride or one-hour ride, to sodium discussion, to several discussions of, yeah, about smoothies <laughs> and ginger <laughs> and everything in between. Yes. Yeah. So, I, I, Kelly, I just want to get everyone caught up on kind of that because we're kind of cross-promoting yeah. this whole thing. But, um, but listeners, if you have any questions, you can always contact me at ben at mountainbikeradio.com or Kelly. It's Kelly, K-E-L-L-I at apexnutritionllc.com and she can get yeah. you going. Uh, I think that's good for that. So right. um, before we get rolling, I want to spend just a minute. Before we, we started recording this, listeners, uh, we were just talking about how Kelly does it with four kids, being at home, being successful, doing what she's doing. She, you know, I don't, be having two kids myself, I, I don't know how she's done it this long and done it successfully <laughs> and stayed sane. She's a very patient uh, person, let me tell you. And uh, is there anything, what would you say if looking back, okay, let's do this. You uh -oh. got one minute. Looking back <laughs> before you had the kids um, mm -hmm. or maybe just after you had the first kid, uh, what would you say to yourself back then knowing what you know now? Yeek. Just getting through the, own, you know, owning, mm -hmm. well, a couple businesses being successful, working with clients, having your kids around, what would you say to yourself then? Oh, Besides, don't do Get it. up early. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think becoming someone who works in the morning has been the biggest help for me. And I'm not, I like sleep and I value sleep. And obviously there's periods of time where you don't have the choice. You don't get sleep. Um, but as far as work goes, like that's been the biggest game changer. If I can get two hours done before they get up my whole day, because, you know, although you say that I own these, I, I still would say I'm very part-time. I, you know, I probably put in 20 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Um, still, I, I mean, yeah, it's a responsibility get, over your head constantly. Right. Yeah. If I can get two of those four hours before they get up, my whole day is great. And, um, the thing I've recently learned is to stop working at night. So that makes it a bit tougher, but it's so much better overall, um, for my sanity to not, you know, I, I'm closing down now at five and I, I didn't do that for a long time and, uh, I'm feeling a lot more refreshed and I don't sound like it cause it's like five 30 in the morning. Right. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> well, here's a secret five 30 where you are, but I'm central time. So it's six 30. Hey, that, yeah. that has not escaped me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean that I guess, I don't know if that helps anyone. <laughs> I, no, no, no. It, it does. I think it gives people a little bit of perspective because there's a ton of listeners. There are people listening to this that are in the same situation. 
Yeah. Well, and for training as well, um, you know, I learned to start working out early. I learned to enjoy it. Um, yeah. So I ski in the winter, you know, uphill, downhill, and then in the summer I'm biking or running. Um, and, uh, yeah, if I can do that before early, I, I also involve my kids in exercise too. I, I push pull chariots all over the place. Um, so that's a different topic, but I think that right. morning thing really helped me. Right. And maybe we'll get you, maybe you'll be the one woman who gets to, uh, get the airtime on the dad show. Oh yes. <laughs> I always said it's going to be just for dads because we kind of need, yeah, my whole point need- with the show is like, I, we just need a place to like be ourselves basically. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ben. Yeah. I'm gonna start the woman only. <laughs> yes, right. No, it'd be yeah. Like I'm you need another thing to do. Anything else? No. Right. There's nothing. Yeah. So if if you any if listeners, if you have any questions, she's a really good resource as far as like ideas. I mean, I'm not gonna give her more things to do, but she's a good resource. If you have any questions or comments or anything, you can check it out at. Uh, apexnutritionllc.com, uh, her yes. blog, the Fuel Right blog. She has a lot of tips as far as food. Um, mm-hmm. And every once in a while, she has some stuff about, uh, you know, she'll post pictures on Facebook <laughs> or on the blog of her chasing the, or pulling the kids up, Lookout Mountain in uh, Golden. So uh, she's a good resource as far as that too. So if you have a nutrition question and, hey, do you have any tips on what to do with kids? She's your, she's your lady. So yep, there you go. Yeah. All right. Nine tips uh, to uh, help you feed your kids better. Yep. Okay. And I will tell you, my kids are between the ages of seven and 11 months. <laughs> so if you've got teenagers you need help with, um, I don't know, maybe they sometimes act like two-year-olds and you can go from there, but I'm, right. that, that's not my <laughs> no In, expertise. Yeah. Uh, and I can't imagine that. <laughs> but, but we'll get there. We'll, we'll I, do it. Th- we'll, you'll, I'll ask you because you'll have the... You'll have the knowledge. So first, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So nine tips. And um, you know, some of these you know, some of these you may not know. There's nothing is gonna be super technical, just things that I've learned um working with people and with my own kids. The first one, and you're gonna hate to hear this because this is uh so cliche, but you gotta model it. That's the first thing. If you don't think your kids are seeing what you eat, even when they're really young, even probably when they're one year to two years old, um, for anyone who wants their kid to eat healthy, but you're eating chips on the side or, you know, and I'm not saying chips are bad. I'll, I'll cover that in a minute. Um, but if you, you need to model what, how you want them to eat is what I'm saying. The other part of that, and we'll get to this as well, is if you want them to eat at a table and sit down and behave <laughs> and you're eating on the side in front of the TV, like that doesn't work with kids. You got to be there and you got to model it. Um, and, you know, in my household, we definitely talk to our kids about there's some things mom and dad just get to do just because we do, um, you know. <laughs> I like are, that answer, yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, there's that discussion as they get older. You know, one thing I'll bring up, I, you know, I have a glass of wine each night and my husband loves beer and craft beer and blah, blah, blah. Just in this example, you know, everything's not modeled. Some things are like, no, this is yeah, for yeah, us, right, you know. Right, yep, um, but overall, you got to model eating well. My kids see that my plate is filled up with green vegetables every night. So that is number one. Anything on that, Ben? Uh, <laughs> yes, because I see it. I have a two-year-old. So listener, if you're new to the show, um, I have a two and a half, well, a two and a half year old and well, a one little over one year old, two and a half. He's to the point where, uh, 
he's getting he's picky on stuff, right? Yeah. But I can tell when there are situations when he does look and notice what I'm doing. So just simple, like, you know, if I'm eating cauliflower, it's like mm-hmm. he looks at you and he's like, well, can I have some too? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can eat this. You can have as much as you want. Right. But I, I'm starting to realize the last couple of months he picks up on stuff that now he's starting to pick up on stuff that I don't actively tell him or show mm-hmm. him. So I have to be careful and it's really hard. Yes. Because <laughs> so, they'll pick up on positive habits yes. and negative ones. Right. And so. if even if you make yourself eat cauliflower, but you sneer at it, right. they pick up on that too. It's yeah. not just action. The attitude is, is huge. It's like, crazy. It's, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. They, yeah. And we'll get to that in a minute too. I've okay. got a lot of this will, um, these tips will kind of cross over. So remind me about being picky. Because yes. that's probably where you're at with your kiddo at the end if I don't cover that sufficiently. Yep. And that's where a lot of people go through that. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing is kind of the same as modeling, but eating, and I covered it with a TV deal, but eating together. And this isn't just so they'll, you know, um, see you eating the greens, but there's like study after study that are showing not only um, about obesity and, you know, childhood diabetes and all of these things happening, but there's increased incidence whether a family eats dinner together or not, regardless of the actual food you eat at dinner, which is crazy to me, you know, that it's not actually all about the nutrients and nutrition. I think it's great because when I talk about food and help people with eating, I like to see it as whole food and I like to see it as, you know, part of your life. It's, you know, you're, you're eating and there's action involved. It's not just carbohydrates and protein and grams of fat and blah, 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 you know, as far as the nutrients. There is a social aspect to it, and um, food should be looked at as nourishing and whole in meals. And the more together, you know, we eat, like, our, our dinner together. Um, I usually feed the kids breakfast and lunch kind of separate from me because I'm, like, doing dishes or whatever in the background. But dinner is where we can try to connect. Hmm. So, so, what, so what you're saying is when I... So the kids, we let the kids, we have some macaroni and cheese. Uh-huh. It's the, like the organic stuff, right? Sure but is. anyhow, it's same different, whatever they, they <laughs> eat it. No big deal. It's not like, you know, right. it's a constant, as long as you get the whole foods and the stuff. But right. so what you're saying is the fact that I taught him, like he knows that he now knows how to cook macaroni and cheese noodles because mm-hmm. I, he helped me boil them and put the stuff in and mix them. So that's, yep. so doing that whole process and eating it with them, like that's, so you're saying that's a good thing then, even if it's macaroni and cheese. I am. All right. I'm cool. Saying, yeah, I, I am. Cool. Um, and I think, you know, you're hitting on something that I don't think I cover. The more you involve them in cooking and choosing, um, you know, maybe as they get older, every Monday, my oldest son's name is Luke. Maybe Luke gets to pick what we eat within certain realm. Mm-hmm. Um but the more you involve them in, in those decisions, kids want like to be heard and they want some control and they want some power and you've got to set your limits and pick your battles. But um, that can be a very healthy thing for them because people need to know their way around the kitchen, but also um, it can it can help them want to eat it because it was their choice. Mm-hmm. So that that's a good tip too. Um, okay, my third one. Is And this kind of sparked my interest because of how many cookbooks, I don't know if you, Jerry Seinfeld's wife <laughs> uh, wrote a cookbook. Do you know that? No. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I live no. in this like cookbook nutrition world and I, I don't always know what what is outside that world and <laughs> not. But yeah. Okay. So in 
especially in like the mommy world, there's all these cookbooks that show you how to like sneak vegetables into things like you puree spinach and then you put it in your brownies and then you still call it brownies, things like that. Okay. Or you puree, let's say something carrots and put it in your mac and cheese because it's orange and I'll never know. Okay. I'm not saying any of that's bad. I'm saying that that's okay. But I think it's also important to teach kids that this is what broccoli looks like. And in your life, there are some things you just have to eat. And I understand that you don't like how it tastes. And I'm not talking about force feeding here. I'm talking about that in your life, I choose to eat a huge salad every night along with my other food. That probably isn't like the first thing on my list that I want to eat every night. But in your life, there are some things you have to do and some things you have to eat just because it's good for you. Does that make sense? So sticking broccoli into things and them not seeing it, sure, they're going to get it and that's a good thing. But you should also on their plate put things that they need to see what it looks like. And they realize that there are things like you you don't get to just eat things you like to eat um, or that are your favorites. Yeah. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. I mean, like you said, I mean, it's part of the process of seeing it and eating it. I mean, if you're going to sneak things into your kid's life, your whole life, have fun with that when they're teenagers. (laughs) Right. I mean, seriously, I mean, they're not going to. Just those little things they'll pick up on too, because the day they realize when they're five that you've been sneaking carrots in their macaroni and cheese, they're gonna be like, "What else are you not telling me about?" They you know? they do, and they they resent it. Then you know, yeah. and just like anyone would, just like an adult would, I used to. Right, yeah, exactly. I'd do the same thing. I'd be like, "What? What the hell?" <laughs> I mean, you can't like you've been sneaking this stuff in my food. Right. Serious? Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, I went. Oh God, this is horrible. But when I was in college, before I knew better, you know, um, I was part of the whole generation that was taught, you know, to be low fat and not low, you know, sugar. It was low fat when I was going through college, which is a whole huge mistake. And everyone knows that. And if you follow me now, you would know I don't teach low fat by any means. Um, and to follow her, go to apexnutritionllc.com, by the way. And fuel right on Twitter, fuel right and uh, Facebook too. Apex Nutrition on Facebook, yeah. Yep. Okay. So anyway, I did this whole thing back then. Like people started sneaking prune, okay, pureed prunes, like baby food prunes, for butter into things. I, I'm embarrassed to even admit that I ever went there, but I went there, and you know, I I was married at the time. Uh, I got married. I was in college. Um, I snuck that into my husband's brownies. Like he still talks about it. He will still bring it up and be like, every time I make a brownie, he'll be like, are there prunes in here? And so, um, so yeah, he, <laughs> he <Jeez>. resents it. <laughs> yeah. Cause I did, I treated him like a kid and put yeah. prunes. Like he even needed prunes. Oh God. It's just oh. horrible. Prunes oh. are good though. Actually. They, oh, they are when they, yeah. when you see them. Just not when they're pureed, like slapped inside <laughs> some other brownies. food. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's a lot easier and better just to eat a little butter, really. Oh, it's so much. You don't need as much either. Well, and butter is fine within the context of a healthy diet. You're eating brownies anyway. What's a little butter going to be? Yeah, exactly. The sugar was still there. That's the ridiculous part of that whole movement. Okay. So on on to the next one, and this is one where uh, I'm I'm kind of adamant about this. So my kids, they have a dessert every single night after dinner. They, they have a dessert and it's small. Sometimes I've baked things, but if not, it's like, um, a snack size candy bar, like a little one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, some people think this is horrible that you could only have that on a special occasion. This is a small little treat. I use it pretty much 
as leverage, as a bribe. Because when they're sitting there eating their dinner and they know they get that afterwards, I'm not sitting there saying, oh, you know, in, in a pure bribing sense, but they've done it for long enough that they know that it's leverage. And if they want to get that, they do have to finish how much we tell them they have to finish. So it gives us leverage. Without it, it would just be this fight like I t- I'm telling you, so you have to do it. This way, we're more like, oh, you're not hungry enough to eat your whole broccoli? I guess you're not hungry enough for that nice snack afterwards. And then they make the decision whether or not they want to eat it and get the snack. And that is how I see it too. If you're not if you can't eat your whole food, you're certainly, I mean, it's going to, you're certainly too full to eat anything else. And not everyone agrees with me on that one. Not everyone thinks your child needs a little snack size, you know, uh, Reese's peanut butter cup after every meal. But the other thing it does is it takes away like the mystique of candy. My kids, you know, I'm okay with a little bit of candy every day. In fact, I go to the, to the candy, but we have like a candy box. It's ridiculous. Like this big box of candy. Um, my kids don't worry or ask about it throughout the day. Like it's not mysterious. Um, they know that they get one candy day and I do too. They see me that I eat my, mine's a little bit better quality than theirs probably. <laughs> a little bit more pricey. I'm not giving them and they can't have mine either. I tell them no when they ask for it. They have to have theirs. <laughs> but, um, and but yeah, someday when helps. it's a really special occasion, they might be able to get a little bit of yours. Yeah, they might or yeah. if they up some money it's but, always uh, out yeah exactly <laughs> it's always out there though yeah exactly so uh, the, the difference is is um you know i have this friend and she grew up her best friend also had a mom who was a dietitian um and she tells me these stories of these kids who never got any sweets never and they would come over to her house and like if the sugar bowl is out or you know for baking the sugar canister she found them sometimes taking whole handfuls of sugar and stuffing it in their mouths. And I was terrified. I was like, no, my children, you know, the the balance is key. And I, and I have no problem with a treat a day. And the fact that it also gives me leverage in addition, really, I mean, it helps me out once a week, at least at dinner, because the decision becomes the kids and they can tangibly see the consequences of their own decision. Yeah. uh, That's, that is really good to hear because we don't really, I mean, I tell them no sometimes. So they're in daycare three days a week now. So the days they're home, whatever we have, we have the same thing. It's a cabinet. We have M&Ms and chocolate chips mm-hmm. and pretty much all we eat is like our snack around here is chocolate. Right. Yeah. Um, and they get it like he'll get. So the usual is on the way to daycare, he gets a little bag of fruit snacks mm-hmm. <laughs> and then on the way home, I always have a treat waiting for him, like M&M's. Well, Paige too now because she wants – she's to the eight, Like she wants it now too. But I have a little treat for him. So, you know, it's just a little thing of M&M's and then maybe whatever he didn't eat on his fruit snacks or sitting in his car seat. Mm-hmm. So – and that's kind of thing. And then the rest of the day, he might get a little bit after he eats or just if he does something good, like there's a little bit there. He sees me eat some too. I have some every day. Like mm-hmm. it's not a ton, but it's enough to like keep me from like – sticking my hand in the sugar jar and like licking it <laughs> right? or like taking the honey thing and dumping it in my mouth, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's good. It's good to know yeah. that, uh, the registered dietitian is, uh, yeah. On yeah board with me that. on that one in my giant candy bowl. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. listeners too, if you, if there's something that you do specifically with that, I'd like to hear it. I'll share yeah. it on the air, you know, uh, just shoot me an email, Ben at mountainbikeradio.com. Let me know yeah. because it'd be cool to to let other dads know what's going on out there or what other yeah. people do too. 
And I even thought about like that could be the 10th tip because it seemed weird saying I have nine. You're always supposed to have, you know, five or 10 or around. Yeah, clickbait. 10. <laughs> 10 best things you have to have for your kids. That's, and they I all start know. with R. Right. Exactly. But, yeah. But so our you listeners won't believe it. be the 10th man. Yeah. Like the 12th man, but the 10th. Okay. See, I can be on the dad show. I know about yeah, exactly, football. Yeah, exactly. I know all kinds of stuff. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, next one. And this goes along with the treats as well. Instead of speaking in terms of good and bad food, try speaking in terms of like sometimes and anytime foods. <laughs> because if you set up good and bad, that's another thing that either makes them want the bad stuff more or it just sets up this really negative uh, relationship with food. I actually do. I, I take it back. I, I actually do work with teenagers all the time. I, um, I work with a uh, high school level running, like a uh, elite running club that are high schoolers and uh one of the scariest oh it's so scary to me um things to deal with is i have to always be on the lookout for the girls and eating disorders because they're runners because they're Mm -hmm. girls and because they're teenagers Mm -hmm. and these sort of things i can i can almost always feel it whenever i know that the mom has been a dieter herself because usually people tell me this like it's a good thing oh i watch what i eat and i can't you know like the mom set me up this way um and I, I realized then that one's coming in a minute too, but I realized then that they may speak in terms of like good and bad foods. I would much rather even, okay. So like the worst food I can think, what's the worst food for you that you can think of then? Worst food in terms of like, I just can't. Like, no, no, not taste. Like this has got to be horrible for me. Worst food. Uh, the first thing that always comes to mind is Nutella. Oh yes. Cause it's okay. like this paste of sugar. It is. And I always, I'd rather have a spoonful of just what I do is like a teaspoon of sugar every day in my coffee. That's like that and some M&Ms maybe. And I'm good. Yeah. Like Nutella drives me bonkers because it's like this thick paste of concentrated sugar. Right. Right. And I will use some, I will admit for training nutrition, like on toast before I go on a ride. That's totally different. Like I eat Starburst when I'm riding, like on a trainer. That's my newest thing is like, instead I'll just drink water and have Starburst. That's totally different. Yeah, that's totally different. Yeah. But and I will put that out there because a lot of parents de- depend on Nutella. A little bit of a ta- tangent here, but if you're going to use Nutella, you need to think of it as jelly, not as peanut butter. Okay, so as soon as you get in your mind that it's the jelly portion of the sandwich, it's not the pe- it's not the nut butter yeah. because when you look at the ingredients, of course, you're going to see sugar is number one, and then. Um, Oh, I don't even remember what's next, but at least they took out hydrogenated oils out. But anyway, like nuts are way down the list. It is sugar. It's yeah. almost pure. They've had right. whole lawsuits because they trick people into thinking it's like peanut butter, right. but it's not. It's like jelly. Okay. So anyway, thank you for that. <laughs> so Nutella, my, the worst thing I can think of is eggnog. Have you ever looked at the, the nutrition of oh, eggnog? It's like, isn't it's it just a, like heavy cream and sugar oh, and, and, and sugar? I have nothing yeah, exactly. I have nothing against heavy cream in, in certain things, but this stuff is more rich than like the richest ice cream. I mean, for half of a cup, we're talking like, you know, 200, well over 200 calories for half of a cup. Like it's just, yeah. and, but, and the reason I know is because my husband starts drinking eggnog mid, like, you know, the Halloween yeah. version came out now. So now we're like, but if you listen, if you listen December. to other episodes of the Apex Nutrition podcast, you'd know that. Kelly gives you the AOK to to basically pig out on the couple days. So Thanksgiving days. and Christmas, just yeah, not well, in between. Unfortunately, my husband does not listen to the Apex <laughs> Nutrition <laughs> podcast. And um so he no, he doesn't do that as much anymore. When we are when we were in our twenties and he could get away with it. 
and it was like eggnog season the whole time. And I would look at that and I'd be like, this. so all this to say, there are some foods that you should, and, and even eggnog does not have to be, the worst food you can think of for your kid does not have to be a never food. Speak of it in like, yeah, every once in a while we can have that. That's a sometimes food. You can't have that anytime. Um, you know, broccoli or chicken or whatever you're eating, those are anytime foods. Those are everyday foods. If you think, if you talk about it always kind of in a positive like that, um, that they can have it sometimes and not these are good foods and these are bad foods, mm-hmm. it will resonate with them so much better and they won't like hang on to what they can't have and then rebel and want that. Hopefully that makes sense. That was a really long tip. Sorry. That, no, so, that's fine. I, it's good. It's yeah. it's definitely good. And listen, like I said, listeners, if you have, I'd like to hear what you guys have. Do you guys have an, an a, a no time food or yeah. like, do you eat Nutella? Is that like a regular Sorry. thing or I'd want to hear it. So Ben at mountain bike radio.com. And I'd, I'd like to share it with uh, listeners in the next episode. So I okay. think it'd be cool just for people yeah. to share. Yep. So along with speaking positively about, you know, sometimes in anytime's foods, so speak positively about foods. Again, we talked about when we first started that they will pick up on your negative attitudes as much as, you know, what you're actually eating. Speak positively about foods and speak positively about your body too. Speak about, you know, if you talk to your kids about your body, this is probably more of a woman thing. And I'm so, I'm sorry to bring that into your dad show. No, a lot of us have daughters. Your man show. A lot of us has daughters. I That's think right. that plays That's into right. it too. You've probably never watched these because it's, you know, a kind of a female thing, but there's these um, commercials that Dove's putting out. And they ask these little girls, um, like, what's the one thing they don't like about their bodies? And it's so sad. These little girls are under the age of five. And in a separate screen, they've asked the moms what they don't like about their bodies. And the moms are really quick to point out, like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. And case for case, they show the little girls saying the exact same body part as the mom even though it's like not true for the little girls. You know what I mean? Like, so the mom says, you know, oh, I've never, um, you know, I've never liked the wrinkles on my neck or something crazy. The little girl says that about her own body. Kids pick up so early on about our, our own baggage and issues with our own bodies or our spouses or whatever. So the more you can talk about positives with food and positives with body and which leads me to my next point. When you talk about foods, tell them what it does for their body. If you don't know, you can make it up or you can read the Feel Right blog and you can find out what it does. With my kids, we speak about fish being good for their brains. We speak about broccoli being, you know, uh, fighting the antioxidants. We like my two oldest are boys. So it's all about superheroes right now. Like, so there's these free radicals in your body and they're bad and they hurt your cells, but <laughs> broccoli has all kinds of antioxidants yeah. <laughs> and they fight the, you know, the, one of the funniest ones that they just hang on to is yogurt. There's good guys and there's bad guys in your body. The bad guys are called bad bacteria and they're sitting there and we're going to eat some yogurt because it's got the good guy bacteria in there and it's going to go in and fight those bad guys and help you to not get sick. <laughs> so they hang on to this and they speak in terms of what it does for your body. Mom, what does this do? And, um, hmm. you know, it might be a little easier for me, but general things, carrots. Yeah. Oh, those are going to give you night vision. <laughs> they help your eyes. Things like that. If you can speak about positive things for food, positive things for your body, kids especially. I don't know. If, I think Riley will too. She's my my oldest girl's three. I don't know if she will, but the boys hang on to what will this do for my body for sure. And teenagers do too. Whenever I work with them and I talk about, you know, like fueling your body and energy and some things make you drag and some things give you energy, they hang on to that. 
Mm. So that tip. Okay. I've got just a couple more here. Mm-hmm. Um, along with eating together is routine. Kids, especially when they're young, that would probably be what I would tell my younger self is no matter how hard it is to set up routines and how much your kids fight you, it pays off in the long run. Having those routines and not just giving in to, oh, um, like if you're hungry, I, I'm trying to think of a good example. The more you can set up like snack time, a lunch time, a snack time, a dinner time, that sort of thing, kids will usually thrive whenever they kind of know what's coming next and it's not just like haphazard all over the place and i'm not saying that some days don't get haphazard all over the place because they do and you know my car attests to that sometimes we have to eat our snack in the car when we're going somewhere because we're going to all these places or whatever but more day in day out kids do well with routine and um kind of knowing when the next thing is is coming and with food that helps snack times meal times and routines Perfect. That, it's a hard lesson to learn it is, as a parent of new or young kids. It's easier to be like, what, you're crying? Here's some food. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. I understand. Um, okay. Two more things, and then that will take up nine, and then we'll, we'll want to hear from listeners. It's, I, my oldest kid, he went through a phase, and it sounds like this is kind of the picky eater thing. He went through this phase where he wouldn't eat anything cooked. <laughs> he would eat oh, no. oh, horrible. He would oh, eat that's cheese. funny. He would eat bread. He would not eat a grilled cheese. It, oh, God. Oh, it was so hard. Um, so what I did during it was at dinner time. This is hard at dinner. And it wasn't like he would just eat any old thing raw either. You know, <laughs> it had to, yeah, it had to be specific raw. Yeah. Yeah. Kids are tough. And um, so the one thing he loved was cheese. This child was like a mouse. He just loved cheese. So every night at dinner, and I'm not willing to be like a shorter or a cook with four kids. There's no way I'm cooking what everyone wants every night. You know, I cook what me and my husband want and the kids, you know, get, you have to eat it too. So, but what I did for Luke was I put a slice of cheese on his dinner plate every night and it kind of served to like break the ice, like calm him down. Cause there was that one thing he liked on, and it wasn't a bribe. He just got it. Um, and I didn't have to cook it. So that was okay with me. But if you, if your kid has one thing and it's easy for you that they like, it could be like a little bit of yogurt. If they like yogurt, it could be, you know, apple sli- an applesauce cup or whatever. If you want to kind of meet them halfway and be like, here's one thing I know you like. You still need to eat your dinner or you don't get the treat afterwards or whatever you want to do with leverage. But um, but I hear you that you don't like all those other foods that are freaking you out right now. <laughs> here's, the, I, here's something to make you comfortable and give them one thing on their plate that you know that they like. At least that calms dinner down a little bit. If they look down on their plate and there's nothing that's like that comforting to them or that they like, then that's a tough dinner. On the other hand, if you're just cooking them only what they like, you're setting yourself up to cook them only what they like for a long time. And that's tough too. So that helped me to, to still give them the food that I wanted them to eat. But there was that one thing that kind of helped them. So, um, hopefully that helps some picky eaters out there. The other thing I'll say about picky eating is, um, you know, I've, I've worked with kids who, um, I don't really work with kids anymore besides my own, but I did at a time. This th- That was my whole job was working with kids. Um, some kids would only eat like plain pasta, like white things, only plain pasta and only white cheese and only it's the weirdest stuff. And the biggest deal is somehow preschoolers grow. I don't know how because some of them like don't eat anything, but they grow. Um, 
And yeah, they'll go through phases where you don't, where they just don't eat for like, I mean, you'll get back from daycare and the daycare lady, you know, she'll be like, he didn't eat today. I'm like, yeah. you can't force feed them. They're not going to no. die. I mean, they're not going to yeah, starve exactly. themselves. They're not. Oh. And, and you're like, welcome to my world because he's not going to eat when I get home either. You right. know, like, so. Like an entire day without eating. Yeah. I mean, that so, just goes to show that we've, as adults, we obviously have more calorie needs, but at the same time, we've accustomed or we've gotten accustomed to feeding ourselves all the time when we probably don't need it. Yeah. And you know, there's not infants, you know, eat the most per pound at, than any other time. And kids are after that. They eat more per pound, need more per pound than we do. Cause we weigh more, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, calories per pound wise, they do need it, but at the same time, don't freak out. What's going to be my point there. Right. They will get over it. They will not starve themselves. Um, you you know you can have common ground and meet them in the middle with things, but you don't have to give in to every whim either, just because you're so scared. Now, when someone a kiddo is you know has other like a legitimate problem with eating, that's a different thing. But we're talking about overall healthy kids who are growing fine. Somehow they continue to grow through the preschool years, and it's crazy to me. Um, okay, last thing to give them some control is to um, you can give a kid choices at meals. But if they're under five, I would keep it to two choices, two options. What do you want for your vegetables? Do you want carrots or do you want broccoli? Because then they choose and then you're like, that's what you, you know, it gives them some control and it's going to increase the likelihood that they will, they will like it or they will eat it at least. Um, but don't give them more than two choices, especially, you know, three, two, three years old for sure. Keep it to two, four and five might be able to, to have a few more choices. But when you keep it to two, it's much better because the decision could be made a lot faster. Anytime you want to like see a funny face is give a three-year-old like four options. Oh, it'll take forever. They'll look like a deer in headlights, you know, like it's too many for that, for them usually. So mm. keep it to two choices and make them a part of it. Like you were doing with helping them cook. Um, yeah, those were my tips for getting kids to eat. And I didn't cover things like supplement. Is there anything else you wanted me to cover? Ben? No, like- I, I think that's a good start. Um, okay. If anybody has any questions further, like I said, Kelly, you know, Kelly said, just mentioned it, but this isn't like she doesn't consult and do all the work on kids, stuff like that. But I mean, if part of you, you know, you want to get help from Kelly on nutrition stuff, she obviously probably can work with you. And if you have any questions along the way, she'd be more than willing to. Yeah, like tips are fine. Yeah. Um, as you can tell, she's very passionate about this subject. And uh, if you have any further questions, I think I can convince her to come back on uh, for more kid-related subject, or I guess kid-related subjects that pertain to you as an adult. Um, or if you want to hear any like specific stuff for the just being dad, or you know, just for the being dad show, I'm sure we can get her back too because she's more than. Happy to come out and talk, and uh, yeah. as long as we pitch her stuff. <laughs> um, but it's in the contract, and what's that? It's in the contract. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, we've done. So just to remind you guys, you listeners, we have done. Kelly and I have been recording shows for uh, what two years? Yeah, I don't even know anymore. Yeah, two years. Probably I don't even know forty different episodes. So if you want to go check that out, at Mountain Bike Radio, do that. Um, but for sure, uh, if you have any questions, Ben at mountainbikeradio.com or Kelly at apexnutritionllc.com. And that's Kelly, K-E-L-L-I. And I think that'll do it for this episode. So. Yeah. I'd love to know what they want to hear. And, you know, like I said, there's a whole, there's all kinds of places, supplements, things like that. Um, 
Yeah. And if you want to shoot me an email and get a quick tip, we can do that. And I can let Ben know and he can post it, you know, to keep other people informed as well. Yeah, for sure. So thank you listeners. Kelly, thank you for your time again. I appreciate yep. it. No problem. And, and uh, this will do it for a special episode of the Apex Nutrition Podcast on the Being Dad Show. See ya. See ya.